Welcome to the Phantom Zone podcast. Uh, this is Arlen A. Haro. Um, I will be the main host for this week because we are we are short on people. Um, and also joining me today is Hunter Davenport. Fuck X Men Apocalypse. And Alan, you here? Snap into a Slim Jim. Alan, we need your real voice. <laughs> Snap into a Slim Jim. There we go. Now, if, if anybody is confused by our three voices, which admittedly are the <laughs> three that sound the most alike, oh, so I, it's I just probably don't see how that's possible. I don't, I don't get it either. It really makes no sense. But it's fine. But I am Arlen, Hunter's Hunter, and Alan was the one that was just speaking before me. So, Listen, if, you, if you hear a voice that sounds like a sixteen-year-old boy, it's probably me. Right, and and if you hear what sounds like tires squeaking, that's probably me. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, uh, this was a good week for the CW. I'd say um, it's very hard for us to remember it because we're recording very late. Uh, but I remember saying in the chat best week since invasion um i'm still willing to stand by that and i didn't I go into yeah i didn't go into flash expecting it to be great or even good I and even though really, we're not gonna talk about it even supergirl yeah supergirl which most of us can't really remember it so we don't really want to talk about it that much we did the same thing with invasion we really kind of just put that off to the side but it was good it was a good episode this week if for some reason you skipped it and you listen to this podcast to get an update on it what why do you do that what's wrong with you <laughs> just watch the show um, um, and since we never do this there will be spoilers so spoilers right expect expect everything to be spoiled random things usually <coughs> but spoils spoilers all around um as river song would say um yeah but you mean a Dino, good week. Dino Drake, Lance. Yeah, yeah. In the in the Arrowverse parlance, yes. Um, I guess we could start with the end of Supergirl, though. Um, it does lead directly into this Flash episode. Um, and Hunter, you remember that, right? Uh, kind of. Like a lot of this is just a blur to me because uh, there's a new prisoner. He says, "Yeah, I've come a long way to see you." And gets out of yeah, the and, they, and Whammy's Supergirl. Yeah. They do kind of... It felt like a joke about, like, you know, the whole... It's a, it's a trope now. Of but where the prisoner beings. lets himself... Well, no, the prisoner letting himself get caught trope. Oh, uh, yeah. It, at this point, it's been in everything. My name is Khan! I think that's the second Star Trek reference in a row. I'm not sure, but someone will... Tell me if I'm correct about that. Um, yeah, it's it's just a common thing. The Joker let himself get caught, and then every movie had the bad guy get let himself get caught for like the next. Even Skypole. Yeah. Which Arlen it, it, on Twitter m- made a uh, joke about, or made a, or did a, was ranting about, because we almost uh, didn't do this episode. Yeah, I was very angry because <laughs> this is this was a good week. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, it leads directly into the Flash because the Flash opens with 
Monel and John uh, coming to Earth One and <laughs> saying some weird guy showed up and he whammied Supergirl and we don't know what happened. And he may he's be in this France. Yeah, and he's probably on this Earth because. And, and they say, well, why do you think he came here? Because before he left, he said he was looking for the fastest man alive. And then credits and the theme and all that stuff. Um, the title card. Um, and it, I do like how this episode plays out. It's not, it's not an overly complex episode. Once he gets into the musical area, I guess. It's this, like, pocket universe in Kara and Barry's mind um, where the rules are the rules of a movie musical. Um, and it doesn't it doesn't play out like a musical, like a traditional musical. It plays very much like just a normal show, but instead of action sequences like we might normally get, it's dance numbers. Um, which I actually liked. And I, and I liked that they were kind of aware of what they were doing, aware of the fact that it was dumb songs and not that great, you know, singers. Not everybody is the greatest singer. Uh, some of them were obviously very good singers. Um, Frank Gustin. Yeah. of he, he actually, I thought, of everybody who sung this episode, I thought he was the weakest. Um, uh, which is surprising. What? Running home to you, I was nearly crying. The song is good. It was written that by the people who wrote the songs for La La Land. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm, yeah, the song is great. It's the it's him that's not the best. And my I'm not like a I don't know vocalists. So for all I know, he was doing a great job. But for Someone me, did shine. John Berman. Yeah, he did. And I, I expected that, because he's musical theater in England, and it just made complete sense that he would fit. Someone Everybody. I did not expect. Victor Garber. I did, because of last week's Legends. <laughs> I knew that he, uh, yeah, he was also a theater actor. Twice. Yeah. I mean, I expected and, um, Jesse L. Martin. Right. Expected I did not expect Cisco. He's. Did you not see a clip they released from I think a year or two ago of him doing uh, doing a uh, a performance? I did not. No, I did not. I, I expected. Uh, like um, it was really. Good. I didn't see that. No, I, I I did see people singing on set, but I didn't see him. Um, but uh, I cannot remember his name right now. But I'm just gonna call him uh, Jimmy's sidekick. Uh, I knew he was a singer because he's oh, in Jeremy Jordan. Yeah, I knew he was. A Broadway guy. I know. I know yeah, he's doing newsies, or yeah, he was. He was, a, he was a theater actor. So him, I kind of expected it from. But um, a lot of the other ones, I, I was like pleasantly surprised by how good uh, a singer they were. Um, I thought the standout as far as the leads was Cara. Melissa Benoist killed it. Um, in her singing, and my favorite song was Super Friends. Um, Written just by because it was Rachel Bloom of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, also a oh, CW show. Okay. That makes complete sense. <laughs> that that song completely fits her uh, aesthetic, as yeah. Tumblr girls say. Um, but yeah, sh- that song was really good. I really enjoyed that song because to me, that song captured the tone of a musical and the tone of this show the most. 
and at that point I was like, okay, this is this is what makes this a good sequel to the first uh, uh, crossover that we got last year. Um, and it is sort of a truce to that in terms of the tone, in terms of Kara and Barry having to come together um, and a display of their interdimensional friendship. Um, so, yeah, I, I liked it on that level. I really like the way that they play off of each other. They are adorable together. Um, and that's always that always can carry a crossover episode as far as I'm concerned. I remember during the first crossover, I could just see them going and getting ice cream together. That would be an episode, and I'd be fine with it. I did not need them fighting Banshee or whatever. But they did that, and that was fine, too. So, and? whatever. Yeah? Why? And what? Oh, well, I don't... Alan, you don't need to list off all the villains. No, just because of how bad... She what or how poor she looked this season? Well, here's the thing. That was her. That's her best episode. I know. It's so <laughs> ironic. Her best episode is the one that focuses on her the least. Um, yeah. But something you could say about the character, and even in the comics. Yeah. But um, overall, I thought this was a really good episode. Um, Hunter, did you have like a particular? Thing that you really liked about this episode? Uh, I just thought it was a. I don't really like musicals that much, and I thought Same. it was really well done. Like, oh, I like, love yeah. musicals. Yeah, I like Barrowman. Barrowman was great. Like, yeah, it was pretty. It was good. Yeah, the, and thing, the comedy in this episode. Was I really previously good too. watched uh, the Five-ish Doctors reboot, which has mm. a, a chunk of it is basically John Barrowman taking Peter Davison. Colin Baker and Sylvester McCoy to uh, where they're to Cardiff, and he right. just they're just cuts of him sing all every single song he does. God damn it! And when they drop when he drops them off, he gives them CDs and DVDs, free D, like free stuff of free merchandise. I remember that. God damn it! And the joke is that when uh, they get to the Doctor Who experience. In Cardiff, they take John Barrowman merchandise as a form of currency. <laughs> I love it. And you just see a box full of John Barrowman merch. It was so funny. Oh, Barrowman. Always a barrel of laughs. Um, but yeah, like the comedy in this episode was especially good. I especially love... When you find out that Iris has two dads in this other reality. And she says, you got a problem with that? Well, they all say it in sequence, and it's so great. And Barry's reaction is, no, I really like musicals. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a great reaction. Oh, like, uh, I love it so much. The comedy was really good. Um, I also liked, like, the B team working together. Um... Cisco, uh, Reverse Flash, and uh, Martian Manhunter. You mean um, Huh? You said Reverse Flash. Oh, did I say Reverse Flash? Yeah. Damn me. Well, the yellow suit. That's his fault. I assume <laughs> I that they, they just made the con- the costume out of Reverse Flash's old suit. I mean, I, I'd believe it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's... But still, it, it's a it's definitely a B team. 
Um, as a team that you wouldn't expect to work well together necessarily, but they do work very well together. Uh, John sort of counters the Supergirl powers and Reverse Flash or <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> Kid Flash. I'm just so I'm conditioned to say Reverse Flash. Um, Kid Flash counters uh, the Flash powers, so it's it's nice, and they use it. They do it really well, and it's not like this big thing in the background. It's just like a ten minute sequence where you get to see you get to see the leftovers really kick some ass. Um, I really like so I really vibe like stuff. When, yeah, when he was sending people yeah. through the through the breaches. Yeah, I like that too. And um, I do like that, even though this episode is reacting to the love story stuff that was going on in this week's Supergirl and last week's Flash. It didn't. Um, it avoided being weighted down by those episodes, which are two very kind of heavy and kind of like. I would say almost annoying episodes in terms of how much they focus on the romantic aspect of these characters. And this episode barely does it and makes me like those relationships more than I have before. I really like cared about Barry and Iris this time. And for the first time I've actually cared about Mon and Kara, um, which is a, a, an achievement all on its own. Um, so yeah, I thought this was a really good episode. I don't really have any like negatives, um, other than I don't know if this episode would help the plot. Um, no, I don't it, know. If... It didn't, and it was it was just a standalone episode. Mm-hmm. Which might not necessarily have been a good thing. I do think it does set some things up. Um, Music Meister is obviously some multi-dimensional being. Um, who exists outside of the multiverse, even. Um, and I think and he, he might be setting something wasn't even a villain at that. Yeah, and it makes me think, well, if he's a multidimensional being, and he's probably going to come back, who's going to be the villain? Um, so that that's an interesting thread that they lay. Um, Technically, and does... the villain only existed in the uh, musical, in that in the person of Cutter Malone. Um, Maroon. What was it? Yeah. What was Baron's yeah, last name? Cutter, Cutter McGee. Cutter uh, something. Malone sounds right though. Um, they were kind of throwaway, but they were really funny also. So it was that was nice. Um, yeah, I thought this was a good episode. Does anybody have any like hard negative things that they have to say about it? Or nope, not really. Yeah, it's kind of a, a milk toast episode, I would say. Um, and it's a, I guess it's a good pre-log, prologue to this week's Legends of Tomorrow. Yes. Um, this is a, this is a fucking good episode, guys. Yeah. Any episode um, that starts with Snart, great. Yeah. And it just goes up from there. Um, I mean, like, World War One. um... Just, just that alone makes it cool. And then they go into Tolkien, and, I mean, I'm just going to assume this about both of you, that you're like me, and that you grew up with Lord of the Rings, because I did. Yeah, I did. Um, and, and those movies, and for me, it was like, ah, oh, just Lord of the Rings references. I mean, when Rip does the Aragorn speech from Return of the King, when just everything, the staff glowing when it's burned, just all, all of it. Uh, that it needs to be unmade by the thing that made it. Just all these little references that um, 
that really made me happy because they were treating history with respect. Um, yeah, it was. I just thought it was a really good episode. So many little tiny details that added up to make a really compelling, fun episode. Like and Tolkien you get Leonard saying, Snart. Like Tolkien saying, "Oh, I actually, I actually like long stories." <laughs> so many good things about it. Um, so even uh, this is something to, co- to commend Legends for. Um, Tolkien was a good actor. Um, yeah, this was way better than the George Lucas episode. Oh, far better. This was better than the Washington episode. This was better than the Civil War episode. They have a history of doing real historical figures and hiring really shitty actors. Oh, yes. <laughs> I mean, it's just... You can go back to season one and find just the best examples of that. Um and they did a really good job with one, this one. They really nailed it by finding a really good Tolkien. And even the generals were good. The generals on the German side, the generals on the British side. Um, yeah, it was just... And again, like I gotta say, the war scenes were really convincing. And they've been convincing in the past, but this one was the most convincing war stuff that they've ever done, as far as I'm concerned. I really believe that they were in the trenches in World War One. Um... To an extent that I don't think I'm going to see again for a couple months, because just so happens that Wonder Woman takes place in World War One as well. Um, so good timing, guys. Um, but I think I have a feeling that this is going to be more realistic than, uh, or more, or more well done than Wonder Woman. I mean, yeah, depending on how long they spend in the trenches and Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman could be a much glossier version of those trenches, which were uh, horrid. Um, but yeah, I'm I really like this episode. I I struggle to see how they top themselves in these next few episodes. But I've said that for the last five weeks, <laughs> so I don't like Legends is just like finishing strong in a way that I, I, no, I, I wouldn't say any CW show has. Even Flash season one. It ends strong, but not this strong. And it doesn't hit as hard every single episode. Um, and just nail it every single time. So, yeah. Did anyone else have anything that they particularly liked about this episode? No, uh, Snart, mostly. Yeah, I mean, it's Snart, so what do you expect? Yeah. <laughs> you expect him to be good. Um, I really liked McRory. Um I think that he's actually the standout on this episode because he's reacting to Snart and he's reacting to everything that's going on. And I like the relationship between him and Amaya. Um, the way that they both act towards the spear and the way that they act towards each other and they're both sort of distrustful of each other, expecting each other to at some point betray the team um, and you're never really sure which one of them is going to do it because you're pretty sure it could be either one of them for a fairly long time into the episode. I was pretty sure Mick was going to turn bad the moment he realized Snart wasn't a hallucination. Um, and from then on, the episode just goes. Um, and it, it just, everything is just so fun and so campy but serious at the same time um 
because you have these like little snart one-liners that just that they just sprinkle throughout the episode that really give it an energy that the show has been missing uh, all season. Although I think it's done a good job of having to make up for that with really good writing. So I, I think that this is a good penultimate episode. I think or. However many episodes are left, I don't know. There's two more episodes. Yeah. So I mean, we're in the home stretch for this one. Um, I, I mean, I keep on saying this every single week. I think this is the best one of the season. I think this is the winner. Yeah. I mean, they. Hey. They have to. You forgot to ask me what was my favorite part, Dolt. Well, I was asking both of you. You, Just speak up. To quote Kevin Keller from season one, episode one of Archie of Riverdale, he needs to be told what to do. Okay, Alan, I, I will be. I'll be sure to do that. But if you got anything, speak up. But um, um my, my favorite part was mainly the ending. Mm. Then, when this was and when this was happening, I could, I could tell something. Big was going to happen in the episode because Connor was, was kept typing holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. Yeah, that's when you know these episodes are really good. When either me or Connor are live tweeting them or live, live chatting posting. them. And, yeah, and we're we're just freaking out because we're the, I think we're the two most reactive people on the planet Earth. Um, yeah. It, he definitely... He definitely amped up the energy on that one. Um, it, uh, but yeah, it's a good episode. It just <laughs> Legends has just been killing it. Have you two and seen it, the episode, the the trailer for for tomorrow's episode? Yeah, Doom I can't. World? I can't believe it. They're doing Back to the Future too, <laughs> and I I can't wait. I love. I mean, how Mick and how they basically. They're going back to season one, sort of, of The Flash, in a way. Right. I think And they, that... what they did to Star, the Star Labs. Right. Making it look like what it looks like. You can see my, uh... You can see my, uh, new story about it on The Harrow. Hmm. Yeah. Um. Shit. Uh, okay. Uh, um. Crap. I'm lost. <laughs> how about that arrow? Um. Well, we should talk about legends a little bit more. I, I again, I couldn't find a bad thing about legends this week. I can't. I can't find it within myself to criticize any aspect of this uh, episode. It was really strong. I have no idea how they're going to destroy the spear after what the end. What when he tries to uh, go grab the uh, poultice? Yeah, I don't know how. I don't. I mean, maybe he uses the spear to summon the jar of blood, um, which is a possibility. Um, I don't really know. I don't know how they resolve this season. Like this, they've they've written themselves into an impossible corner, and so far they they have been uh, very good at writing themselves out of corners this season. Unlike 
the previous season. So I'm just I'm just sitting back astounded at what they're doing and being like, holy shit, they figured it out. They they cracked the code. Um, dino DNA. Um, <laughs> they figured it out. And I don't know how they did it. Um, but, I'm just saying yeah, Scott Bromley is just repeating that from that episode yeah. of Comedy Button. Pete, yeah. R- rest in peace, Comedy Button. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it would be funny if we announced the death of the Comedy Button. Um, yeah. It, this is a good episode. Again, I'm struggling to find anything wrong with it, I guess. And that is the problem with a week when you have a really good show and you just have people who can't point out any weaknesses. Um, like, there was nothing. The acting was good. Um, even the overacting was even better. Um, I mean, yeah, you can tell it's the same field that they used in the Civil War episode, but I don't give a shit. <laughs> they used that field. <laughs> they used it well. Yeah, well, um, gotta use what they have. Yeah. We in Canada, yo. <laughs> we have miles and miles and miles of dirt and mud that's all they got we make it look like Texas every battlefield looks the same yep well I'm pretty sure it's the same it's the exact same field I bet if you really look you can find exactly how it lines up from episode to episode but that those Canadian crews they know what they're doing um, and they're doing a really good job of hiding it the right again the writers are nailing it this season, and I don't, I don't see how the other shows can catch up. Arrow, which is doing really good, um, uh, I don't. It's not going to be as good as Legends is. It's just not. I, I don't see how they resolve it in a way that is as interesting as whatever Legends is going to do. That's assuming Legends doesn't just completely crap the bed, um, which I don't think it will because it's just on such a run. Um, yeah, this is again Legends. I I've said it many times. I think it's the winner um, of this year, simply because it does. It has less. It has had less times to make a mistake, and it's not making those mistakes. So, unless anybody has like any final thoughts on Legends, either of you, uh, I think we can move on to Arrow. Well, pretty good episode. Solid episode. Yeah, I. I... I like that Amaya was sort of, or was about to be the Boromir. Right, at any moment. And you weren't sure, again, you weren't sure who was going to be the Boromir. You weren't sure if it was going to be Mick, who's the obvious Boromir, or if it was going to be Amaya, who is the less the, obvious. The wild card. Yeah, who could go either way. She has no real true allegiance to them. Even though she's kind of built a semi-allegiance, she doesn't truly have any reason to not betray them. And it really works well on screen. Um, they really use her well. They use her her ability as a performer well. Um, again, best replacement for Kendra from last year that you could possibly imagine. Yeah. I could not have done a better job. Um, and I hope that she continues on for an entire other season. And they, they rotate somebody else out, maybe. Because she is a great addition to this show. Um, I hope, well... The episode synopsis for the season, the season finale says that the Legends do something they swore they'd never do. 
Oh shit! They're gonna go get Barry. Fuck. So maybe <laughs> this. Fuck up the timeline again. To save the timeline. Wait a minute. Yeah. Put it back to back together. Yeah. Who knows? <clears throat> Ugh, I can't wait. Um. Well. Okay. I think we can. This could be the shows. This could be the way of bringing back Captain Cold. Maybe. And I, I think, think that that's part of it. I think that's how they resolve this. In some way, they bring back Captain Cold. And and swap out him and Mick so they can go back to Flash? Maybe. Possibly. I would like that. Um, but probably not. We're probably stuck with Mirror Master. Oh, <laughs> God, God damn it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he's coming back. To also. I mean... He's going to be on hey, another I'm episode to, this year. I'm willing to give them a second chance. Um, but after that, no thank you. Um, yeah, I think we can move on to uh, Bratva. Da, 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 da. That's what I'm calling this episode. Um, this is uh, the, the first episode of Bratva, Arrow's spinoff. Um, yeah, but yeah this, Arrow was really good this week. Um, yeah. Uh, very good follow up to the cliffhanger from last week, where we were like, "Okay, well, Hunter's not get or not Hunter. <laughs> Why did I say Hunter? Oh, Ollie's no, not getting no, out of this." We hate this show. <laughs> Probably, because um, you're you're a wrong wrong person. Um, oh, no, it's yeah. because of what I told you guys about Katie Cassidy. Oh God, don't bring that up. I'm gonna get real. I'm gonna get real angry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get real furious uh, if we even start to talk about that. Um, for fast, for furious. <sighs> Katie, okay. Katie Cassidy is not allowed to be on the CW DC sets ever again. That's the, that's all I'm gonna say on the matter. That's all I'm gonna say. Didn't like she can come back as Black Siren again, but after that, no. Um. But yeah, okay, so let's go. Let's do Arrow this week. Um, flashbacks have been really good this season. Um, really good. Best since season two, blah, blah, blah. This is the best season since season two, yada, yada, yada. It's a good season. Really good season there, Arrow. Um, in the top echelon of CWDC television. Um, even if you're including Smallville, um, which is in the same universe, but even if you did include it, it's still very high up there in terms of quality. Um, and this episode was mostly Bratva stuff. Um, and it was really good. <laughs> it was really compelling. Kovar is a great villain. Um, I, I loved it. I really did. I thought the action was great. Um, it was really well choreographed, and you could tell that the actors knew what they were doing. <coughs> um, yeah, it was really good. Uh, sorry, excuse me, guys. That was weird. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to describe this episode other than say it's good. <laughs> that's that's what again a week like this is very hard to say anything about without just repeating yourself. But um, I'll say this: this a week. Oh. the bit with Evelyn did not see that coming. I didn't see that coming either. That really shocked me. I think this is a criticism of this episode. I do have one. I think she should have stayed dead. I think that that would have actually been a stronger choice. Yeah. Um, but I do admire the twist 
um, I just don't. I don't think it works. But I do. I do like the what they were trying to do emotionally there. Um, and I think that she did a really good job pretending to be sorrowful and wishing that she had made a different choice. And it really made the illusion that uh, she was about to die much more believable. So I really did believe that she was dead. I for not a single second thought she was faking. Because um, this is the same show that uh, three seasons ago killed Oliver's mom in front of him. So I was like, okay, well, this And killed Shadow is- in front of him. Right, but his mom was a bigger deal, <laughs> a much much bigger deal. Well, yeah, and it was around, did drive a ho- sword through the heart, through his heart, through his mom's heart. Right, and I thought that this was them sort of doing that for this season because it was around the same time in terms of in the season, how far along the season was, um, at least in my memory. And I thought that this was doing that, um, and it it didn't. It was a fake out. Um, but again, I thought it was really well done. I thought all of it was really well done. I thought the stuff with the torture was really well done. I thought Stephen Amell did a very good job. I'm always the person I think who's always who is defending Amell the hardest. Um, what was felt- uh, Josh Cigar's line? 143 minutes or 145 seconds? Or not for 143 minutes? 140 something seconds? I think so. About his, about um. Yeah, about his dad's drowning and stuff. Yeah, and Adrian Chase was on point this week. So many, so many good things about this episode. So many good things. Um, the way that he, you know, when he gives him the three arrows in the chest, when he, when he burns his tattoo off, this is they just really treated it with seriousness and respect, and they didn't shy away from showing you the nitty gritty. Um, and that's what Arrow is good for. Arrow is good for. Hyperviolence, darkness, grittiness. This is the dark corner which this universe is born from. Um, and I I really just drank it all up. I thought they did a really good job of making the show compelling. Um, Arrow's back. <laughs> uh, I don't need the parachute anymore. I don't, I, I don't need it. Um, I can safely say that this was a good season of Arrow, even if the last few episodes are utter shit um they can't undo how good it has been so yeah anybody else have any thoughts bad or good either of you um about uh, this zone i was previous to the report this this uh to the call i was watching a uh heroes and villains uh fest right And it, it was the Men of Arrow panel from last mm-hmm. year. So it had Neil McDonough, uh, Paul Blackthorne, Echo Kellum, Colin Donnell, David Ramsey, and, and Stephen Amell. And he jo- and he he said he threw out he kind of threw out a gauntlet to Batman, saying, "Isn't Batman just memorable without the Arrow?" Mm. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, most characters are. Also, if you ever want to s- s- lose, like, break kayfabe, 
break kayfabe? What do you mean by that? Hunter, you watch wrestling now. I know, I know what you mean, but I mean, what do you mean by breaking kayfabe? Of Arrow and Legends with Damian Dark? Oh. oh. It was watching that panel because Neil McDonough, he is such a great human being. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, he's great. He's we uh we we know what he likes to do um in the woods in the in the wilderness um, and uh hunter you know what he likes to do also uh in regards to his genitals um oh yeah he does uh god damn it okay um I, this is gonna be a real short episode um Hunter, do you have any thoughts on this episode of Arrow? Anything that really impressed you or that uh, no. bothered you? I mean, the Bratless stuff is kind of growing on me, but that's about it. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It, it's slowly but surely impressing me more and more. Yeah. A show I happen to bring up a lot of... I've happened to bring, bring up a lot lately has been Stargate Atlantis. Yeah. David Nichol was play Dr. Zlanka on on Stargate Atlantis. He was one of the best parts of this episode. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of Atlantis um, alumni on all of these shows. Um, and if it's who I think you're talking about. Yeah, he was really good. Anatoly. He was very good. Yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, it was really good. The, that last Kovar fight was really good. Um, all my problems with this episode are, like, super nitpicky. Like, I've seen The Rock. Um, that's not what Saren Gas does. Um, Saren Gas is much more brutal, uh, assuming The Rock is a documentary, which I assume it is, um, because uh, Sean Connery was locked up in prison for the last 60 years. Know the truth, guys. Know the truth. Um... Yeah, um, I don't know. I, I don't have any problems with the, this episode. Um, not very, nothing really worth bringing up, I guess. So I guess that's that's the episode. Unless well, I don't think there's any news that's really worth covering. But uh, oh, yeah, how, that he's coming back. I mean, like, eh, I'm talking about general news. Um, like we kind of covered a lot of news on Friday, so. Um, uh, there was nothing really announced since then. Uh, oh, well, I guess, do you guys want to talk about the Justice League trailer? Sure. Real quick? Yeah. Was, Hunter, do you, you have thoughts on it? Uh, I think it was, it was, I think it was good. Like, I, I liked it a lot. I think the trailer, it's just like, at this point, that there's, that it's still going to take a lot for that movie to be good, I think. Oh yeah, <laughs> they got a mountain to climb. Um, they they did a lot to convince me in this trailer. Um, Aquaman really impressed me, and I think that that's intentional. The the Thor Wolverine of this group. Yeah, and I just I like his attitude. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just like a bat. I like it a lot. Yeah, just like that, I can dig it. Um, uh, he 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 felt like someone that I would know. Um, a lot of people that I would know in real life. Um, so yeah, I like him a lot. I like 
the general tone of that movie so far, assuming that trailer is accurate. I mean, you know, they've they've fooled us before, uh, Suicide Squad and all. Um, but I, I'm I'm excited. I, I am interested in the fact that they haven't shown Superman and they haven't shown the villain, and a lot of people bring that up. But it's it's interesting that they're really playing close to the chest and not showing us a lot. They're really just giving us like character beats and personality. They're really trying to sell us on Cyborg um, and making him look interesting. Um, for a lot of people who have no fucking clue who Cyborg is, I feel like our generation knows better than any other generation in the past um, because of Teen Titans. But my mom doesn't know who the fuck Cyborg is. Yeah, only um, nerds. Like, yeah, only nerds like us, you know? Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see how he plays. I did like the actor a lot. We only got like one speaking line. I mean, um, his face kind of looked kind of, he had that whole Mass Effect thing going on in his face, but... Mm. Yeah, he did feel very up. CG. Yeah. Yeah. I'll probably clean that up. Yeah, the Parademons look dope. Um, yeah, they look great. They great. look really great. Um... And uh, our our, our uh, source that is unnamed um, and has never been confirmed as anyone um, ever. Uh, he was not wrong. Um, so uh, yeah, that was the paradigms look good. Yeah, yeah. Damn you, Zack Snyder and your scoops. <laughs> uh, your scoops directly <laughs> to us. Like, well, um, we go way I back. It. I call it Snyder. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever the reveal. <laughs> <laughs> what if it was revealed that I was Zack Snyder? <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm trying to any. It would be so great because I'm the most critical person of Zack Snyder. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, but yeah, good trailer. Uh, Alan, did you have any anything that stood out to you about this trailer? Anything that maybe nobody's brought up or that you just haven't heard anybody else talk about? Um, or I... stuff that other people have also. Cyborg's human, like fleshy parts, uh huh, look looked a little weird. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what I was thinking when the the CG looking a little bit weird. It looks a little unfinished. I gotta say, it's kind of like um, I heard this comparison a lot. It's like when uh, Civil War released, I think like the last trailer before the movie actually came out like, the same week as the third BVS trailer, um, because they were totally shitting on BVS. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not pretend. Uh, Marvel intentionally releases things to shit on DC's day, and it is the greatest thing ever. Um, but um, in that last trailer, it ends, as we all know, with Spider-Man. Um, many of us cried when we saw that. Um, I, I, uh, yeah, uh, see? Uh, the spider caught you, Hunter. Um uh, but the CG wasn't great. Um, uh, if you look at it again, it's like, that's a little fake. <laughs> that does not look real. That looks like a plastic man. Um, and Cyborg doesn't look that great yet. He looks unfinished. Um, what I am interested in is what looks real to me, and if the real stuff is just the finished CGI or if it's stuff that was done practically. Because it seems like some of this movie was done very practically and some of it wasn't. And I'm interested in what they chose to do practically and what they chose not to. Uh, well, um, uh, 
Cyborg's character that I heard is fully CGI. Yeah. Yeah, I heard that too. He's basically in a, like a black leotard the entire time. Um, and they just CG'd it all over him. Um, I, but there's a lot of things to like. Uh, they really are like pushing Wonder Woman as like being the leader of the Justice League, um, which I'm okay with. I mean, that line, you know, shall we? And she's really growing as an actress. That's something I'm noticing. Because I like to turn the Fast and the Furious movies, but um, if you watch those movies, um, you can't say she's a good actress. Uh, you can say she's very pretty, and she's very charismatic, um, to say the least. Um, but you couldn't say that she was a great performer. Um, so, yeah, I was, I was, I'm impressed by her in this trailer. Uh, and I'm more excited to see Wonder Woman because of how impressive she looks in this trailer. That's not even for Wonder Woman. So, um, yeah, I guess we, we covered that little trailer. Um, does anybody else have uh, I'm going to play the Connor role in that quote. Dr. Manhattan is playing Henry Allen. Yeah, there's a lot of little things in there that really surprised me. Um, what it does confirm for me is that whatever the new Flash movie is going to be, it's still going to be a version of season one of The Flash. Because um, you don't set up Henry Allen unless you're committed to doing that. That's what that tells me, at least. Um, which is interesting that they're sticking with that. But um, it might not. The Flash is going to be dark and edgy. I don't buy it, though. I don't buy that that's what they're going for. I think it's going to be somewhere in between. I think it's very much going to be like a Matthew Vaughn movie. You know, Kick-Ass gets... You know, people talk about Kick-Ass being very gritty and very violent. But if you rewatch Kick-Ass, Kick-Ass has light moments in it. Kick-Ass yeah. has wonder and joy out of it. Um, it's not like this dour movie. It has dour moments, for sure. Um, the uh, death of Big Daddy, Daddy is deeply affecting. Um, oh, yeah. S- still, even now, uh, spoilers, in case you somehow haven't seen Kick-Ass by now. I, if you are, why are you listening to this podcast? It's been, what, seven years? Yeah, it's been seven years since Kick-Ass. Seven years. We are old. <laughs> uh, Connor's here to say, really? You're old? Um... Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, unless either of you has something you want to bring up, I think we're done. Uh, this is a good, good chunk of a podcast. We have anything else? Um. Any po- let's. See. Um. Nope. I think I'm. Yeah. Gonna... I don't know if you got something. Get it. Uh, there's the vigilante stuff. <clears throat> I don't care. We'll talk about that. I think we're going to do... I mean, I haven't talked to the others about this. But uh, if everybody's up to it, we might do like an end-of-the-season wrap-up thing of all the shows and talk about our predictions and thoughts and all that. But the Vigilante stuff, it's too close to the finale to really care about it. Um, okay, this, one, we're gonna, this next nope, one's about right. Legion, season two. Okay. They won't be mm-hmm. looking to the comics for storylines. Which is a good I mean, I'm, I'm fine with that. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, if you look at it like Legion is copying the Fargo handbook, the first season of Fargo draws heavily from the movie. 
I mean, if you haven't seen the first season of Fargo, you're you're too late. Uh, you should have seen it by now. But it's a direct sequel to the original movie. Um, uh, events in the original movie directly affect events in the first season of Fargo. Um, so it is a sort of a uh, cinematic universe of sorts uh, that is mostly uh, 20 hours of it are on television. Um, so the majority of it is on television. Um, but the second season done nothing <laughs> from the from the movie. It just draws everything from the first season of the show. Uh, it draws on lore and things set up and sort of hinted at in the first season. And, but it, otherwise it just goes off in its own direction. And the new season of Fargo is doing the same thing. And assuming the new season of Fargo is as good as season two, uh, Legion doing the same thing is fine. Because the next season is going to be fucking crazy. <laughs> it's going to go in all kinds of strange directions that we don't know. Assuming it follows the same roadmap. So I'm fine with them throwing the comics away at this point. Because they started so deeply entrenched in lore. I mean, we got the fucking Shadow King. Yeah. I mean, how fucking crazy is that? There was... Years ago, before uh, Days of Future Past, there were rumors that the Shadow King might be the villain in the sequel to First Class. But we got him for eight hours on a TV show directed by Noah Hawley. So... Yeah, I, I'm I'm more than willing to just let them go off and do whatever they want next season. Um, yeah, I think we're good. Let's uh, let's go to plugs, I guess. Um, Hunter, do you want to do your plugs first? Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Davenport. Uh, you can follow my Tumblr, Cosmic Ocelot is dead. Tumblr. Com, and uh, you can find my writing on the Haro. Uh, I write for that website about games and sometimes other stuff. <laughs> yep, and you can also follow uh, many other writers. <laughs> yeah, on the Haro, um, you find some of my writing when it happens. Uh, as I've said many times, many other brilliant, smart, intelligent writers, except Alan. Just kidding. Um, I was laughing at the Sentry being the mo- the number one forgotten hero. So I, I, yeah, I know, I know. Sentry is well, he was forgotten because he was forgotten in the story. <laughs> um, Did you guys ever read uh, Fallen Sun Sentry? No, and I'm not going to. It is in so the middle. Of- you guys don't like Sentry. I hate the Sentry. He's. I'm, I'm. He's a false creation of of Stan Lee. He's no, he's a Bendis creation. Yeah, but he he's an interesting character. No, but right, we'll have this discussion later. Yeah. Okay. And li- and like all Bendis creations, he's a rewriting of Marvel history. Um, not all of them work out, and some of them work out better than others, like Jessica Jones. Oh, um, Connor has one, or wants to say that wants to say that he said. Arrow was better than it had any right to be. Okay, well, I was in the middle of my plugs, but thanks. God damn, fucking damn it. Um, take it up okay, with Connor. Okay, uh, I will take it up with Connor. God fucking damn it. Um, 
at AA Haro for my shit. Um, uh, I'm not. Dr- I was not drinking tonight, but tomorrow I will be drinking again. So <laughs> follow me now. <laughs> um, expect Hunter to react to my dumb shit and yep. uh, amplify me. <laughs> yes. Um, we're like two. We're like those uh, annoying Fred apps or whatever that have the annoying voices <laughs> that just keep on repeating the same words to each other. It's fun. It's a fun time on Twitter there. Um, Alan, you're also writing at the Haro. Uh, yeah, I think I'm your... tomorrow I'm going to start my uh, comic book uh, piece. Sweet. And do you have any socials that you want to plug or anything like that? Uh, I'm at the Alan Mirror on Twitter. Sweet. Yep, and uh, also follow the go to the group on Facebook or follow the page on Facebook. Uh, just look up the Phantom Zone. Both should show up. Uh, we have a logo. Um, you should know it if you're subscribed to this podcast. Um, if you're just listening the first time, even, you should know it. Uh, if you're just listening the first time, we are at the Phantom Zone podcast.wordpress.com you can find every way to listen to the show um, if you are listening right now please make sure that you tell us where you are listening how you are listening um, as I've said a couple times if I know that you're listening to us primarily on YouTube I will get the YouTube videos up quicker but guess what making YouTube videos takes a long time very very long time <laughs> Uh, especially when an hour long and it's just a picture. Um, so yeah, if, wherever you're listening, tell us so we can make sure that you get it quickly and economically and within your time schedule. Um, otherwise, this has been the Fanbone Podcast with me, Arlen Haro, with Hunter Davenport. Yep. Fuck X-Men Apocalypse. <laughs> And the one and only Alan Mir. Uh, Omak was a shit. <laughs> yes. Bye.